0: Hey, thanks so much for stopping by the Roar Church Podcast. This is Pastor Anthony. We're believing that today's going to be a great day. Let's jump in today's message. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's going to be a great day Who would have thought we'd been crying out for a Sunday morning service and God would say, you know what, here you go in a new way, new fresh way. And so one, I just want to take a moment and tell uh, everybody that's watching, thank you for rejoining us again on this Sunday morning. And then secondly, to all of our team, everybody that could show up again and make sure all this stuff uh, ran correctly and we showed up and made sure everybody had a service. And so uh, one, I just want to publicly tell tell you guys. Thank you so much, all of our tech people. Um, And so uh, today's going to be a great day. I am excited about what God is going to do. You know, we are here in week three of house fires and the the title of today's message is the conversation. You know, one of the things that we uh, wanted to do when we jumped into house fires, never did we see what was going on in this country happening in the middle of what was going on. But I also believe in... Complete full setups uh, from God that he would allow these conversations to happen and he he allows stuff like this to take place so that we can pull the band-aid off and we can start to really have some healing. You know, one of the things before we jump in, we can't navigate and control what happened in the past at all. But what we can do as believers, what we can do as people here in this room and you, is we can navigate what is going forward. Absolutely. We can make a change today that completely changes our country, completely changes uh, our nation, our city, our communities. But what it's going to take is some healthy, honest conversations. Brittany and I were talking about this two weeks ago. You know, how many times. Uh, that racism and all that is talked around or talked about, excuse me, around the dinner table, not even necessarily, you know, point blank coming out and saying, hey, man, this is a racist person, but it's for the white community. And since I'm white, I can talk like this. But uh, we've been around dinner tables where there's the the joke uh, or and this is said, and you don't take it as anything because you think it's just a joke until you grow older and you realize, hold on a second, that that actually wasn't very cool that we said that yeah. and so you know I think it's it's really really time for our nation for for us and for our church just to have this real honest conversation you know for 15 years Brittany and I have been able to travel uh, the nation and, and spread revival and you know one of the things that we have constantly we feel like we're called to, even in this thing called revival, is bringing change. And bringing change for us is not just the spiritual side of it, but it's also bringing the awakening side of we are multicultural. You know, since day one, we have been adamant to make sure that every stage that we step on, wherever we're leading, any place that we're at, it represents the kingdom of heaven. And I think we need to first understand this is in the kingdom of heaven, it's not just white people.
1: No, really? Are you sure? That was my understanding.
0: Yeah. No. And, and truth of the matter <laughs> is, is, Jesus wasn't white. So, I what know. For some of us, yeah. For some of us, oh we're, we're, we're tripping on this because we, we think Jesus is, is white and all this. But, um, but the truth of the matter is, is, it's time for us as people to have this healthy conversation. This past week... I was honored and blessed to go to Nashville and to help lead a prayer movement. And there was Mookie Betts from uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, there was um, Rob, well, I can't, can't remember Scotty. Covington can't from the Houston Rockets, who is getting ready to go into playoff mode. I was able to sit and watch some of his practices, which was incredible. Um, who else was there? It was the guard for the Cavs that just won, oh, uh, yeah. Darius Garland, and then of course. Uh, for most of our church, they know who Sky Clark is and, and his family and Sky is a young 16 year old kid that got moved by this whole situation who has a massive following he 's got like two hundred and twenty five thousand followers on his instagram and this kid, for a sixteen years old Jesus has just given him a platform and rather than using his platform for hate. He called me and said, Pastor Anthony, I feel like we need to do something. I said, you know what? We need to do a prayer movement right there in Nashville, Tennessee. I flew out. We helped uh, do this thing. You're seeing some of the pictures. We had this massive stage. We had about 800, 900 people that came out. And for three hours, we lifted up Jesus. And from every race, every denomination, we began to give God praise. Uh, The cops ended up showing up. We ended up having this, man, this beautiful reconciliation where we prayed over them. They prayed over us. There was this incredible time of just embracing. And so I know God can take this circumstance that looks like evil and he can turn it for our good. I know he can, and I know he will. But in part of him doing it means that we've gotta be finally open and honest with ourselves. You know, one of the things, guys, that drives me crazy, I've said this since day one, I've seen so many people come out in these last two or three weeks, uh, and and speaking of more of our Caucasian uh, churches, and let's do a reconciliation, and, and there's no black people That you're doing a reconciliation with. So who are you reconciling with? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we we want, the issue is, is we keep doing what we're really bad at, but it is a good thing. It's not a good thing, but it's what we are good at. We preach something when there's high topics, but as soon as that topic goes away, we go back to being the people that we were before because all it is is an attention grab. Oh my gosh, I need to come out and say this because if not, people are gonna lay me, label me as this. And, and we'll, you'll notice this because in three months when everything's kind of calmed down, the ones that are still pushing along with the same message are gonna continue Pressing unity in the kingdom of heaven. And the ones that aren't, they kind of navigate away from it. They go back to what they're doing, making sure their worship leaders, hey, don't sing that song because we don't want that type of craziness. You know, from a worship leader aspect, Brittany and I have been on staff. You guys have been on staff with us. You've been on staff. And I've been in churches where it's, hey man, we don't want to really do that because if we do that, we're going to probably bring in a certain type of congregation that doesn't bring so much money in. And, you know, we need to make sure this country club church keeps running correct and you know what I'm here to tell you it's time for Jesus to come in and disrupt and dismantle and tear down the walls of everything and if he's got to rebuild Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah in our churches then it's time that he needs to rebuild and I feel like this conversation today I want us to be open and honest because the truth of the matter is is black lives matter and they don't just matter they're wanted this right here I've known P for how long have I known you? Several so years. Several. Yeah. Z. I don't know. You basically married know. my son. And, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I don't know. But I say that because of this. This is family. Yeah. And I think one of the most disrespectful things that I constantly hear,ing and I want your guys' feedback on this, is God doesn't see color. I'm like, God doesn't see color. Show me what scripture that is. God. Just Tell me where there's a scripture that says God doesn't see color because truth of the matter is, is he sees all of us in our uniqueness, in our likeness. He made me for a reason. He made Pierre uh, black for a reason. He made Z black for a reason. He made me black for a reason. Mm -hmm. And and that was to preach. uh, But he made us to reach people. He didn't want 5 million Anthony Shepherds. He didn't need 5 million Ryans. He didn't yeah. need 5 million Britneys. What he needed was different people with different conditions of life so that they could bring something different to the table than what I can. It's part of being in unity. Brit- yeah, I,
1: I just want to speak to the part where he's speaking about the family, you know, the DNA of a family. And what that means isn't just like, oh, we're family. But you know in your own families that you can disrespect a family member. You can need to apologize to a family member. You need to ask questions. There's time with Ashton he's going through something I don't just assume I ask and I talk to him so just because we're family doesn't mean that we don't need to have conversations to better understand each other especially in the climate that we find ourselves in
0: as a nation now truthfully I've been in some heated conversations in these last two or three weeks even just over this stuff and not all of it is family by any means but a lot of it is just those secret people that want to shoot dms and say Something or uh, yeah. do, yeah, does Mexicans' lives not matter and, and, and all this? And, and you know, the one thing that I constantly go back to, I had a conversation with somebody about this two weeks ago, and they were frustrated that I was posting all this stuff. And I said, Yo, fam, let me just, let me preach to you like this. Have you ever seen a white man hung from a tree? Have you heard it? Have you? Have you? Have you? No. Yeah, I ain't never heard of. Any white person hung from any tree. Secondly, have you heard of a white person jogging and being hunted down like we're going to, yeah, like, nah, never heard that either. Second thing, have you heard of any white person being choked by a knee and making a statement, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I've I'm not, I'm not heard anything. And I'm speaking like this, and you may want to, like, if your kids are in the room, you may not want them to watch this because I'm telling you.
1: Well, that's the issue, actually. The kids should stay in Ooh. the room. That's the issue. Yeah. That's the issue. You know, I. it shouldn't be just Pierre that has a conversation with Juice or when you guys have kids. It's our responsibility, no matter what you know, race you are, with, you're like, oh, I'm not a minority, we don't have to deal with it. Well, that's the issue because what he's talking about is who do you break bread with? Yeah. And if it's people that just look like you, then that's part of the problem. So leave your kids,
0: leave your kids. So uh, Pierre, there was something that, that actually it completely broke my heart. You You made a post two weeks ago. Yeah. And it was about that. Conversation that you had to have with your son. Can you just allude to us? And for those that don't know what the post was, you can go ahead and tell. Yeah,
2: me. you know it's it's interesting because I'm actually still having that post to this day. Yeah, it, it, it's not um, that 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 post that I I put up. I'm still talking about it. You know, I still remember, and he still asks those questions. Um, the other day we had a DoorDash. Um, worker come and deliver some food to our house and my wife told me it was Uber Eats so I, I go downstairs to to, to, to to meet the guy and the guy's like, um, he has his food in his hand. I said, hey, are you Uber Eats? He's like, no, I'm DoorDash. I was like, but you're not offering Uber Eats, right? He's like, I'm DoorDash. You got the wrong guy. I was like, okay, what's the name? And we figure out it's my name. It's the same name. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. My wife told me it was Uber Eats, but it's DoorDash. Okay, I go upstairs. I'm telling my wife the story and I'm telling her the story, and I'm like, yeah, the guy starts, like, starts spazzing on me because I keep saying he has Uber Eats, and he's like, no, I'm DoorDash. And my son says, he said, Daddy, was he treating you like that because you're black? Wow. And it's like everything is a trigger. Everything is this thing, and, it, and it's like, so to go off of that post, I'm, I'm constantly, I'm still answering the questions. I'm still answering questions. So I think it's great that you guys are even saying for the families to keep their, their kids in the room because for too long we've been silent. And the silence yeah. is not just, it's not, I just want to say the silence is not just white people. It's, it's everyone has been silent. It's for example, my son asked me the question. He said, um, he said two weeks ago, he heard my wife and I talking about everything that's been going on and he said, he said, Daddy, um, do bad cops kill black kids? So he said, do black, do bad cops kill black kids? And of course, I want to diffuse it right away. And I said, no, son, absolutely not. There's been stories, though. It's happened before, right? But I want to keep my kid from it, which that's not necessarily the right the right thing to do. By the way, don't judge me, because at the end of the day, you don't really know what to do in those type of moments. So he says, okay, is it just the grown-ups?" And you know what I told him? I literally said, I'll answer that tomorrow, son. My wife and I stayed up all night, and I'm just like, What do we tell our kid? Because he's mixed, right? He's half white, he's half black. But at the end of the day, I can't teach him to walk around thinking, hey, you're mixed. The world doesn't see you as mixed. When they see you, they'll see you as a black man. And so, yeah, it's this thing of like we got to teach our kids, you know, what's been happening, even if we don't have the right answer. But I love the fact that some of us are now just having the conversation. And there's been times I told him, I said, son, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Let's keep talking about this versus thinking like I have the opportunity to mold his mind. And I think for too long, like you said earlier, there's been too much dinner table conversations, too much tabletop conversations where we're talking and our kids are hearing and our kids hear something. We didn't teach on that thing. They heard it, so they think that's the Bible. They go on to have kids. They go on to become adults. And now, when they're thinking socially acceptable, silent, racist thoughts towards someone, on their defense, they weren't taught that that was wrong. They they just weren't taught nothing. They were taught nothing. They were taught like, well, you know, black people, you know, like, what's that supposed to mean? But specifically teach the kid, what that means mm-hmm. by that and when you say by black people it's not a thing of saying like because their negativity no it's we all have something good i love how you said like you know if you say you can't see color you know it you're not of god if you're not able to see someone's color and their beauty and their color yes. you cannot see them the way god created them
0: you're not really
2: truly respecting you cannot because if like. god said i'm gonna make all these colors and then you say i don't see color right it, it, if you can't see someone's color, you can't see their beauty in them. I mean, the Bible, every time in the Bible we saw, it always specified their their, their ethnic background. Right. Every time it said, it said, this man was a Jew and this man. So specifically, but, but the Bible however, wanted to But when you have that. the
1: children's Bible, you know, uh, my children's Bible was like a precious moments. Jesus was white. Right. He had color. They all but looked, he the looked same. just You know, they all looked,
2: so we kept you know, them tan. From, we kept them from this. And then now they had to make their mindsets. They thought towards what someone like another color would be like. But although in the Bible, the Bible's saying they were from everywhere. Yeah, right. You know, it's crazy, man. See?
3: Well, I don't even know where to start because I, I love exactly what you said, that God wants us to see the beauty in the color. And I think about that when it comes to so many of my friends who are, like, I have a multicultural background. So, I mean, I've experienced racism. I was we were talking about it the other day like when I was a kid I used to climb this tree but this guy cut the branches because he didn't want me touching his his tree so I couldn't climb the tree and my mom had to you know it's just like those kind of things like I remember that and I was like six you know and so like I didn't understand and I think it's it's really important to be able to have these kind of conversations at a young age Mm. because it's okay to see that someone's different Right. That is beautiful. See that they're different. Don't pretend that everyone is the same because then you notice that they're not the same and so you're like, well, you're not like me so I'm going to treat you different. You should see that they're different and want to treat them the, treat them wonderfully, you know? Like, you still want to love them and love that that they're different. Like, mm-hmm. I think about this with animals a lot, too. Like, I love animals. So I think about, okay, I, I love cats. I love dogs. I love birds. I'm not like, you know, I don't you see... Love cats I, way more, so I do don't love even cats play all the animals right now. It's <laughs> fine, it's fine. But I, I think it's, I mean, I, I just don't. It's hard to comprehend sometimes, and it is very hard to explain. So like you said, like, I think it's okay to say I don't know and and have a place where there's ambiguity and it be okay.
0: Hmm, that's good. Yeah. You know, we, we were in Ohio uh, two weeks ago when all this kind of took place. And we constantly, gosh, we had conversation after conversation with the boys. Ashton now has, you know, Instagram has his own phone. And so uh, I did not not allow him to see the videos. I wanted him to see the brutality of what's going on, not because I'm a bad parent, because I need to have him understand the hurt and the pain that goes on. As a 12-year-old kid, we're driving to my parents' house and my son is in the back almost crying and getting frustrated and it literally is getting to the point where I'm like, Ash, you need to calm down and you need to relax because a 12-year-old sees something like that, their mind does not they don't see racism. They see friends. They see family. And, you know, it's so important, and Brittany was right, you know, your kids should sit here and watch this because racism is not something that you're born into. It is something that you are taught. God's nature is when we come out, we are pure and innocent. We literally only know to love. A child does not know anything else. I saw an Instagram post this week of a little white girl and this black uh, little young child, and they're running towards each other, didn't know each other, and they just wanted to give each other a hug. And I thought, man, the pure innocence of our children. It's not that they don't see color. It's that they don't see hate. And what's happening is we've, we've went so long, you know, I I alluded to this the last two weeks really, and I spoke about it even in, um, Nashville, blessed are those who are peacekeepers or peacemakers, excuse me, for they are children of God. Peacemaker is different from a keeper. Keeper's already been established. Maker means you're going into chaos and you're making sure everything calms down. But not only that, um, we were talking about how in 2nd Samuel 12 I keep going back to this because it has so much power to do with everything that happens in the public public because it takes mm-hmm. root here in the house in the living room around the table and when Nathan said to David in 2nd Samuel 12 what your sin you have done in private your children will do in public it wasn't that he was doing it in private by himself he was he was portraying something to the public eye and then coming home and doing something and the children were able to watch and see and then they're doing it in the public. And so we've got to be a people that the lifestyle that we portray On camera, the lifestyle that we portray uh, when we're out in public is the lifestyle that we come home and we are that same person because we have children that we are molding. And if we want to change the future, listen, we can't navigate to the past and change the past. But what we can do is take everything that's been given to us and, and make a change to make sure that juice and your children coming up and my children coming up, do not handle and deal with what we're dealing with. There was such a powerful post that, that happened with a, a guy who was about 30 years old, 31 years old, and he was talking to the 17 or 18-year-old kid, and he was talking about, we have done it the wrong way for so many years. I need you to do it a different way. And, and what we really need, honestly, I know this sounds crazy. I said it in worship uh, this morning, was... Literally, you, 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 you want to do all the great things, but you need God to just come and do the easy thing. And the easy thing is prayer. Like prayer is what shifts a heart that's full of anger. I remember when I was filled with pride and arrogance five or six years ago, and I got let go from a church literally because of this. Anthony, we didn't think you were mature enough to take over Uh, the church. had nothing to do with talent, but we just didn't think you were there. You're you're a little arrogant. And I remember being so irritated at myself and so mad, but then the reality sank in, and then I realized, you know what? This is actually true. And and it took that ripping off the Band-Aid for me to have my prodigal son moment. You know, in the story with the prodigal son, it says, Then he came to himself. He could either chill in the pig pen or he finally had to have that come to myself moment. Let me go back to the father's house. I had to have that conversation with my moment, with myself and pull me back into what God had called me to be. And that's when he put me on the path to do what we're called to do now. And in our generation, what we want to do today is to pull back that bandage and have the conversation with ourselves so that we can get healthier and move forward. Go ahead.
3: it just makes me think. I I always think about prayer as you having a, a chance to, for self, like for self acknowledgement. Yeah. And so, if if there's ever going to be a change, you have to acknowledge that this problem is happening. And that's what prayer is, which is you acknowledging, like, hey, God, I messed up. Or, and having that same prayer with your family, like, hey, I messed up by saying this. Should've, I should not have done this or I should have done this and moving forward from that. But, like, if those conversations never come up, yeah. nothing's going to happen.
0: No. So. And it's never going to happen. And here's where we've got to, to make sure we do. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, maybe you've surrounded yourself with only people that look like you, talk like you, sound like you. And maybe you need to widen your territory a little bit and get somebody that is the complete opposite of you. Growth happens when it says iron sharpens iron. You know, one of the things that I've constantly tried to do as a leader is surround myself with people that are actually way better than I am at any of this. I don't know how to do tech. I don't know how to play keys like P. I don't know how to do this. His leadership, their leadership, what they bring is so much greater than me. And what it ends up doing is it pulls me up to their level. And what our generation needs is to have healthy conversations with people that do not look like you. It's time for this generation of Caucasians, Mexicans, everybody to sit down and have a conversation with some black people and just listen. Stop talking and and just listen. So with that, what are some of the issues that you guys have ran into uh, over your life, what you've seen? Um, Well, for
3: me, a big one was when I lived overseas, I think it was a little bit different because it was very multicultural. But coming back to the U.S. is mainly our schooling system. What happens is a lot of History that is being taught is not inclusive of other cultures and so I think that that has elevated a specific race over others For sure. and it it creates a a like I don't know what the word would be, but it, it creates a, a view like well like I will never be that because I don't look like that And one thing is only being taught when we're not learning in, in our schools about African culture, we're not learning about you know, I mean like I think that there's movies now that are coming out of, of more and more um, like the the women from the space program, like that was that's not taught in the history books. Stuff like that is not is not taught. Like so I think I I know that people are, are working on it and companies have been, you know, even putting out like colored Barbie dolls, and that stuff did not exist, and that is so yeah. new. So yeah. seeing someone isn't that crazy? It's like. insane to me. So it's a, it's a very systematic thing where I think a lot of a lot of cultures are not being elevated, so people are feel are, are are pushed down and made to feel inferior because they don't see themselves in a position. Of power or a position of being Beyonce, you know, like that. that was the same you know thing what I mean? Like, like
1: Disney princesses when you were little. There were there no,
3: there anyone. weren't any. Yeah. And that's so, the same
0: thing with uh, women pastors and, and leaders.
3: It's true, <laughs> no. though. No, that's true. Like yeah. people need to see themselves to know that to know that they can be that as well. And I, I think that that is a, a systematic thing that is is it's a hard thing to change. But it's a hard thing for a lot of people to acknowledge because people have been teaching something for a certain way for years and years. But it's a mindset thing that needs to change. So I think mm. for me, that's a really big one is our school system needs to change. and okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, honestly, I think, I think it's, it's, it's a good thing for us to really get to that point where we stop and stop focusing on some of the stuff we're, we're, we're saying and, and focus on the things that we're thinking.
0: Come on now. You know,
2: I think, you know, the Bible even talks about that as a man thinks in his heart, right? And so a lot of times we've been so focused on what happens on the outside. And so, you know, we do things that that we feel like it's going to make us feel better. And really, it's really to cover up how we really think, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think some of the stuff that I've experienced, just to kind of go off of kind of just what you asked, um, you know, I, I put a post on social media a few days ago or sometime last week talking about, you know, I... I remember hearing phrases like yeah you know man you talk really clear yep
3: i got that a lot too you know you like talk really like white. right like
2: why it, can i just yeah, talk yeah and <laughs> and so or you, and they're subtle right because a lot of times like when we hear the thing like when we hear the word racism or racist a lot of us we think it's it's the it's the socially unacceptable stuff, right, right. it's it's the kKK, it's the lynching, it's the hate crimes, it's the like no it's 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 the what's become socially acceptable right. it's right? The subtle yeah right, it's the subtle it's the passive racism yep. it's it's the we hear a racist joke and we don't challenge it yep where we all kind of laugh like ha ha that's crazy, right it's like. You know, it's it's the subtle things. And those are things I, I feel like I felt so many times throughout my life. And it's been really tough, too, because I'll say this. It's throughout all the years, you know, anytime I'm in a room, I have to work really hard to not feel like I'm a threat to anyone. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if we walk into the room, and let's be honest, if Ryan over here was having a bad day, just don't feel like talking, he's just angry, mad face, not... No smiling. Everyone's kind of like, oh, you guys know Ryan. But if I walked in the room that way, think about it. Just no, think. Don't, no need yeah. to answer. But what you're thinking is what we need to talk about. That's what I'm saying is what I feel like is not is now happening in this generation. Okay. Now we're like, you see, like your mind is already going all these places. It's, it's like, Ryan comes into the room, no, not, thinking, not smiling. I love, how,
0: this it's, makes me proud. Like, that's this is what, real conversation. That, that's what
2: we need to start talking yeah. about now. Yeah. It's, what makes, like when Pierre came into the room not happy, not smiling, doesn't feel like being the happy, charming guy in the room and everyone feels on edge or intimidated or feel a threat. Let's talk about that, right? Let's talk, I mean, we can right now, but I'm yeah. saying, but it's like, it's, it's, it's these subtle, small, passive things that have never been talked about all these years. And crazy thing is I still feel it till this day. I mean, walking down the street, yep. I, I feel it all the time. I see the eyes. I see the eyes, it's, I, I can feel, I, I put on my post a couple weeks ago, walking down the street and there's a couple, you know, I'm just standing on the corner, just chilling, right? I just finished my bike ride, I'm just standing there, air, AirPods on, just chilling. And I can see a couple walking across, like like walking, getting ready to pass me. And they're just, they're kind of, you know, it's a white couple and they're, um, they're just talking, hands out, talking. And right when they get in front of me, it's, they stop their conversation. They, I can see
0: them tense up and kind of more focused on me as they're passing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the crazy part. Uh, and this is for me. In these last 3 weeks, 4 weeks, you know, we've been in airports, I've had to travel to different places and and I have found myself where if I'm passing by a black person, I'm the first thing that's going in my mind is I don't want him to think I'm racist, so I'm trying to overcompensate.
1: Yeah.
0: Of not being normal. And I think that's our issue as
2: well. You nailed it. That's exactly what has happened all these hundreds of years. So now it's like, okay, now let's make all these organizations to help the black people. Now let's, you know, like people, like I'm an interracial couple. You guys are interracial couple too as well. And people are big fans of it.
3: Yeah. We get like, oh, They're big. They
2: love. I love that. I've been offered (laughs) jobs because I have an interracial family. I've had leaders tell me of organizations say, we love the fact that you guys are, are, are interracial uh-huh. family. You're what we want our team and our platform to look like. Yeah. And here's the thing, here's the thing, here's where I'm guilty too. Mm. It stroked my ego, it made me feel accepted because all these years, it's, it, it's, it's this unspoken, this, this always feeling a little bit less than, no one told yeah. me that. You just always feel it. Yeah. And so when I'm told that and say, we'd love it. And so to me, I'm like, yeah, that's right. But I'm like, that's still wrong. And it, it's a form that's of true. race. It's still a form of Do you remember racism. when you
1: had to actually mm-hmm. dress you know, a certain way for Juice's, I think it was preschool interview. I remember, and I'm just being raw right now, but
2: yep. I remember Thank that you. conversation. Yep. It was, we went, to, so we're looking at some schools for, for Jordan, right? And my name, we're, my we're son. We're messing some people up tonight. We're rich, messing some people no, up tonight. No, <laughs> no it's no. exactly it. I, I know exactly, here's, here's the thing, guys, and here's what, this is what we need to be having conversations. Yeah. It's, it's like, when I go to the airport, most people go to the airport, they, they can wear sweats, a hoodie, cover their head, Pat over the Listen, head. I, I hate dressing up. <laughs> I wish I had that privilege that you have. Me too. If I walk into the airport with my boots, sweats, hoodie over my head, hat on, I'm a threat. Yep. It's the unknown. It's the fear of you're, unknown. You're
0: labeled as, oh, he's just a thug. Yeah. A, a, exactly. Where that rhetoric is no, yeah, it's it's common. No, it, I'm saying it's wrong, but what I'm trying to say is it's not that I'm looking at it that way. I've been... Around people that you hear that stuff, and you and you go, right? All because he's wearing Timbs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's Ashton because wears we have Timbs white privilege. We're able to dress like no, we're no. Right? We're I not. agree with that.
2: I'm like d- I
1: wouldn't have to right. dress a certain way to get Liam in a preschool. Right. And the you don't fact ever that you had to dress that. your Sunday best Never. for I had an to, interview. I picked
2: my outfit up out the night before. I remember, I said, okay, is this shirt okay? Like, do, do I have to tuck it in or not? Because we're going to this. Uh, it, it was a, a private school. Um, there, it was all white private school, and to, for us. It being all white didn't bother us. Mm-hmm. We could care less. Sure. But I remember thinking, but in order for us to really get approved, the moment they see me, the moment they see me pull, into, pull out the car, if I'm the first one out the car, it's obvious. It's obvious, and it's not spoken of. Right. No one's talking about those things. And that's why I feel like this is the shift that is happening right now in this generation and it's happening in our church. We're now starting to realize the subtleness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And,
0: and this is, to me... All of this is what is creating this next move of God. Yeah, You know, I 100% believe Jesus is coming back, and I believe he's coming back soon, even though I've heard it since 1983, since the day I was born, Jesus is coming back. But I really do. The, the more that I've studied scripture and the more I see the world changing, I look at this as this is like this is pivotal moment that is what is going to push us into seeing the return of God. You know, with that said, I do believe Change is going to happen. I do believe it because you, for myself, for everybody that's around this table, for our church and, you know, for our platform, we've constantly said we are a local church with a global reach. And it's time for us to have a real conversation to pull this stuff off so we can see change happen in our kids' lives and their, their kids' lives and their uh, kids' lives. And I just, yeah, yeah mean, I, I really... That that's incredible. Well, so
2: and, and just to bounce off of what you said too, I love how you said that because I think a lot of us as the church we're not realizing that this is the change won't happen through the world. It's not gonna happen with the president, it's not gonna happen with the law. We're the salt. Yep. We're the salt of the world. And the yep. only way salt is gonna impact the food, you gotta be in it. And so many Christians for all these years, uh, I'm not racist, so if you're not racist, yep. then it's not your problem. We're the yep. salt. The well, only listen, way salt works. I
1: have to say something you know what what I mean? right here. I have to. I'm shutting you down. Don't now. take my life? I don't know don't what you, you going to say. Don't I don't know what line. you going to say, but I have to say this because that's brilliant what he's saying because that's the undermining issue is that I'm a Christian, but let me tell you, you can walk on water and still be racist. You can be a part of raising the dead and still be racist. You can do um, three years of ministry with Jesus Christ hey, and walk Brittany, right beside was, him and still be racist. And that's it? Peter. Oh, absolutely. And if you look that up, long, Paul, right? and listen, what Paul, I'm not going to read it, All day what long. Paul did yeah, is he saw what Peter was doing when Peter was trying to cater to Gentile or no, to Jewish Christians mm-hmm. and say, hey, Gentile Christians, I want you to act more like Jewish Christians. Yep. And Paul called him Mount and his followers publicly and said no 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 that's not right that's false doctrine and that's because back in the day there wasn't the printing press so the gospel was i'm gonna tell you z's gonna tell ryan ryan's gonna tell p and we put our little spin on the whole thing and peter got called out so don't tell me just because you come to church that you never have a racist thought don't tell me just because you're a christian that you are excluded from this conversation because you are the center of this conversation
0: not only is that That where did jesus send peter
1: yeah, he sent him to Judea and Samaria, and the place where the Gentiles everywhere.
0: were <laughs> well, everywhere. It was everywhere, but yep. he, for, he said, mm-hmm. "Yo, Peter." This is your odd against them. I'm actually well because the Old Testament
1: speaks about the Jewish rites and the things that we had yeah. to do. I won't go into it, but you were supposed to do things. But then God revealed Himself and said, "Hey, all that's done. Done. Right. That's done right. because He came." And for some people, like Peter, that you know, had met the gospel, but had the gospel in him, but not on him. Wow. It affected well, his ministry.
0: Listen, I say this: protest will help change Washington, but a healthy conversation will help shape our communities. Mm. But prayer inside our homes is what is going to change individuals. And what we're seeing right now is we can't have healthy communities if we don't have healthy families. And we can't have healthy families if we don't have healthy people. Mm. And we've got to come back to a place as representatives of Jesus Christ and set in that final finished work of in the understanding of yes it 's already done, but God has called us here on earth and there's some things that we 've got to address in order to see peace happen because we we jack up this scripture constantly and I said it earlier, blessed are those who are peace keepers and that 's not what the the word is it is a peacemaker we have to become People of God that are willing to stick our neck out and say, you know what? Yo, my family, they got some jacked up views and I may have to separate from them. Hear me. There are some conversations you need to have with the people that are around you that you say, you know what? You say that again, you'll never talk to me again. You say that again, and we'll never have conversations going forward. And it's not being rude and it's not being all this, it's saying, we are done with sitting around. And sowing words of love in the public eye, but then living in a, in a different place of disclosure of hate inside our heart. We've mm. got to have real change. Mm. That's good, man. Here's my question: So, what do you guys plan on doing with your platforms to help mm. see change? Mm.
3: Well, mm. Uh, I want to do more than share some posts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um
0: (laughs) oh shoot that's funny i mean it's
3: true you can share as much as you want but if i feel like i i love the fact that i get to do music and that i get to do music that isn't stereotyped to my color um so i have a following of people that are not that don't look like me and so it's 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 great that i can I, i say things and i get a lot of backlash ryan knows i'll be online just like do I educate someone or do I react to this? Like what which
1: one of these things do I do? You've always been a part of educating <laughs> in my opinion. We've had tons of conversations about what you feel, your point of view, what you go through. I mean, one thing I do love about Z is you const- you're open for the conversation, not just just a mass post, but you will come down and have an indiv- individual conversation with yeah. someone and, and give them clarity of, wait, this is what I'm saying and this is why. Yes.
0: And, and, and there's even been times, let me just, you've called us and saying, how do I handle this? Because, yeah, you, because, yeah, you, you <laughs> want <way>. peace. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it's not, you know, for us, it, you've got to have Conversations. However, I've told you many a times, hey, there's just some ignorant people in this world and you're wasting your breath on. So you can't get stopped on them, keep the train moving, and maybe somebody else will come along and fix them.
3: Something that I have really, okay, so I have some friends. Remember, there was, there's a couple of people that I have online who are always there to not instigate, but kinda. And I think for me, I don't think they know. That that's We're what they're read doing those right now. No, no, no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I I also appreciate that they can ask those those questions with me. And again, it's like, do I educate or do I react? But because there's a relationship established, I have a chance to be like, hey, maybe we should talk about this offline, or maybe I can, you know, we can talk about this face to face. But you know, can't say that. That's not that's not appropriate. You know, and I I think having a relationship established helps a lot. Yeah with, it it doesn't feel as accusatory. It feels more educational. And so I think for me and my platform anyway, that's something I've really been trying to do is like if someone says something, I want to actually go back and not just be like, here's here's some more fuel to this fire. Like, let's let's figure it out. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. It's really, really hard though because sometimes I'm just like, Ryan, take my phone or I'm going to
1: like <laughs> throw it, you know? Okay, how's um, that like for you, Ryan, when these conversations are happening? She's your wife. How does that feel? As a Mexican male, I will say, I'm Everyone, a no one knows Mexican,
4: you're Mexican. Mainly white. I'm all Cherokee, so I am not really... got some Mexican, but with white privilege. So oh
3: my god, you know, oh, you go. it's true. It's,
4: it's a thing. It is true. I
2: was You know what? Really, let me no, insert. No, we I, wait, wait. There's, oh,
3: <clears> there's something I, I do want insert, to Go ahead. I just
2: want to say I love the fact that you guys are acknowledging the white privilege because to me, to me, it's the denial of it, the denial that. That if you're driving down the street and you see two cop cars pulled over a car and when, you, when, when you're driving past and you see a white man in that driver's seat, what do you think happened?
0: You give him the privilege uh, of full benefit of the doubt. Now listen, we were in Atlanta going to lead worship <laughs> yeah. um, it's a privilege at a very large church in Atlanta and the worship leader had picked us up. He's black. The person that came with him was black. Brittany and I are in the back seats. Atlanta traffic. If anybody's been to Atlanta, Atlanta traffic is crazy. And it just so happened that this day was extra crazy, and there was cops all over. And my friend made a maneuver to go around a car that was stopped to go jump into the lane so we could continue to go on. As soon as he did that, these two police officers on uh, bikes ran up beside us, ba ba ba, got ready to pull out their stick to hit the car. Am I right?
1: They were screaming, and I think and we get The worship leader's a good friend of ours. He's probably yeah. watching, but he started saying to us, Brittany, show yourself. We were in the back. Show them that you're in nah, here. Show them as, that you're in here. As
0: soon as they it saw us. Terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. Literally, it, it was the most mind-boggling thing really I really had seen. ever seen in my life. Yeah. The two cops looked back and just fell back, and, and I remember in that moment going, Jesus criminy, I'm so ashamed. Yeah. To be white in this moment because
1: Well, I think that's what? when we just kept apologizing, which doesn't fix the situation at all. But you're you feel responsible yeah. for that person's behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's and now they're white like that's you and you feel
2: now you feel like, wow, black matters, black lives need to matter. Because oh. it didn't matter that he was black. No. Yeah. Once once you guys were in to call oh okay,
0: clear. Yeah, right? No. So
2: that's what it's all I'm sorry, right? I cut you off earlier, but You're
4: good.
0: I mean, we've been in worship conferences. I was going through, uh, Facebook does the memories, and I was looking at a memory from Friday. This day, nine years ago, the team that traveled with me, we were in South uh, Carolina doing a conference for a denomination, their camp meeting, and uh, we did a band meet and greet afterwards. So uh, there's about... Two or 3,000 people in this camp meeting and as they walked out of the main doors, our band, they wanted us to line up and to shake hands and and do all this. We remember clear as day these guys that had been praying in the altar, shouting down the message, came to us, shook my hand, shook Brittany's hand, got to the rest of our band who was all black and they literally did this and just walked by every person. I remember looking at Brittany in that moment and going, get i won't tell you my exact words um but it was basically tear down the
1: equipment yeah we're out. we're out of here yeah
0: uh because you cannot stand for it and, and the issue is guys our our churches have mimicked who the world is rather than mimicking yep. who the kingdom of heaven really is and, and and so we've got to make this change we, we've we're got to, hear to from ryan too, yeah i do because, want to hear from ryan i'm sorry what's the question
1: (laughs) i wanted to know i wanted to know sorry this is this topic as you can see we all want to talk about it which is wonderful because so many people don't want to talk about it so this is great but i wanted to know how it affects you through your your lens your mexican white privilege lens as you call it to have z as your wife and hear those things when people are attacking her publicly i know my myself and michelle always race to those posts and we try to have her back but how does it affect you what what's it what's it feel like
4: well, I grew up in a white community, a white family, so I was never exposed to racism firsthand. And it wasn't until we got together that I really started to experience it firsthand and, like, in person. So even, not, to, not even a year ago, we were going to rent an apartment. So we were at McDonald's meeting the landlord, and she's this old white lady. I walked McDonald's in first. I mean, that's
1: problem number no, one. It no, was, no, yeah, yeah, it was kind of weird. weird.
4: It was ghetto. <laughs> so I walk in first. Z goes to the bathroom, and I walk upstairs to meet her and sit down at the table, and then Z comes up, and the lady, you know, kind of looks over, kind of gives like, her that like, look like, what do you I? want? Yeah. And then Z's like, um, that's my husband. I'm going to rent the apartment, too, or whatever you said. And yeah. it's like, at first, I didn't even notice it, yeah. you know, which because I'm white, you know? Yeah. And, and it wasn't until later that I that's realized true. it. Thank you for saying and then that. I was like, wow, like, this is actually terrible. Like, yeah. so I have to continually support her in it and pray for her and I, don't bite I have to remind myself to just, just keep supporting you and yeah. doing what I can to make a difference and to make a change and to have conversations with people because yeah been doing that more than you did before. and it's hard yeah. to put people in their place without doing it like without the love of Christ
0: you know uh, there's a fine line that you have to follow
1: yeah
4: because
0: you don't want to mimic what the world is doing right and, and you know
1: well, it's hard because it's hard to soften
0: <laughs> the blow.
1: The blow of that was not okay. That was racist. Well, no oh, one and, wants and to it Z's main mantra that she that you can tell me, you know, if she hears anything rude, that's uh, like her sound like, oh, the alarm. Uh, Someone has said something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I hear her. And my I kids know. say it now all the time. They, my kids yeah. always yeah. say rude. I'm like, see. Uh. Um, I say it all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> rude. You know, but it's and it's it's hard on you as well because you're one and you will have children and you'll go through what Pete goes through with juice and juice is not saying you know this that kids are not smart but juice is super smart like I those conversations you're not gonna get around them like you said he's gonna ask you another question no no pump fake and second of all I just want to make that comment that that you the fact that you were in a second story McDonald's building is just not true I mean, that's why would you go to a second? The fact that it had two stories—it's that famous one that's in West Hollywood. West Hollywood. Just don't go there. We're boycotting. A famous yeah. one. It
0: is pretty it needs famous. I will tell you this: Martin Luther King has a statement that he said, and it says, "The time is always right to do what is right." And you know, maybe you've been in a place where you didn't make the right decision. You know what? Guess what? Today's a day that you can make a change uh, tomorrow is a day that you can make a change. Listen, we have all made mistakes at some point in time. I myself have been in the conversations when I was a kid making those same jokes until the point I had to finally have a realization and a real conversation with myself. And I remember being in Atlanta, uh, at the first church that we were on staff with, with brother James and Solomon and and Jared and, and these guys that became literally my family, like, uh, Skin wasn't an issue, we were we were brothers, but i didn't understand their pain until we had conversations because in my ignorance and in my immaturity, I would make statements like, "Hey, I can't change what was done in the past," and they were like, "Yeah, but we can't forget what was going on in the past, and I think that's the thing that we 've got to constantly understand is is a nation that forgets its past really has no future yep. if we are people that forget what was done, we can't look to what is getting ready to take place. And, and, that's, you know, t- and that's in racism. That's in your life. If you can't look back and thank God for what he's brought you from, my life wasn't perfect, but it's because of my past failures that I can look and say I have a massive future. And what we've got to look to is in this same occasion is the, the past. We can't change it but we can change what happens going forward. And so I, I guess one of my questions to, to you guys is how can we become uh, better through the bitter?
2: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, better through the bitter. Through the bitter, is what you're saying? Yeah. No, I think, I first of all, recognizing that there's bitterness, recognizing that there uh-huh. are some people that are walking with a chip on their shoulder. There are some people that are, tense you know recognizing it is the first step is what i would say you know and then when you recognize it then you get then you do better right that's 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 the step of getting past uh, the bitter but i would say it's it's literally having these conversations just talking about it and challenging your thoughts i would even encourage some of you that are listening right now and some of us at this table is find someone that you trust and run your thoughts through them someone say hey man, like. Okay, we've been talking about this whole racial tension right now that's happening globally yep. and you know go to a spouse or someone and say like I'm going to be honest, man, when I you know so let's say you're a white person and and you find someone to confess to and say, you know, not like the whole, you know, confess your sins. Right. But no but, <laughs> pay me for but
1: are you your nominating right. yourself? No, Cuz I think all these people definitely are going to start DMing. No, you. Listen, <laughs> No,
0: not me. He is our priest. He's got No, no. Button. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, it's,
2: you Hey, I've been working. Let's go. So it's it's, it's not a it's the whole thing of finding someone that you say, you know what, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, I I do feel uncomfortable when I'm around
0: a black person, and I don't know why, and that's okay stating that. Is it bad if I say I feel more uncomfortable around white people? <laughs> that's kind of bad, and I envy you. I <laughs> envy you. I, I don't feel—I'm more loud, and, and I can tend— I just, I don't know. We don't mesh well with white people a lot of times. But
2: you know what? Right. It's it's just, it's, right, right. <laughs> it's just talking about it. It's just talking about And, you know, even to go back to the platform thing that we were talking about, you know, as far as the platform's concerned, like, I would encourage everyone, you know, using, not, the platform is not just social media. You, you know, the platform is as simple as, like, hey, man, like, I mean, we talk every once in a while, but I think it'd be cool to FaceTime, like, once in a while. Or someone that you, I've been, there's people that have been DMing, and on Instagram, yep. I'll say and you know what? Hey, let's set up a time to just to just go face to face on Instagram right. cuz when they get a chance to see like you get a chance to yeah. be in the car with someone and now you take that burden on as your own, you will fight for those people. Right. Learn to break bread with people. That's exactly. I mean, and that's exactly what Jesus was doing. Every single time he was sitting down with the people and he was dealing with that, you know. Yep. You know, I remember the story of You know, the woman at the well, right? You you know, Jesus, he's a Jew, she's a you know Samaritan, and like they weren't allowed to even talk. And it was nothing to him. And the disciples came back, they're like, Well, you like, why are you talking to her? Right. Right? It's they they were they had some racist thoughts towards other people. And so what I'm saying is we just have to acknowledge it and talk about it, and through that, we get better. It's like if you have an addiction and you don't want to talk about it, you will not get better. Come on. on. We just gotta talk about it. Acknowledge it. Then we'll get right. Then we'll get better.
0: Oh, is your answer the
3: same?
0: Oh well, yes, yes. Yes,
3: yes, because I think acknowledgement is really important. But I was also thinking about like, I think, I, mean, I just said it to you, where it was like that's what, for me. I think that's why church is so important and having yeah. a community of people where it's multicultural where there's a platform for someone to be able to ask hey or you know that relationship is there with someone or you know what sometimes people go to church and they see someone that they don't want to see but it's they're supposed to see them like the fact that church exists i i like that and i like that churches are i think i think part of the problem is that a lot of churches are one one color <laughs> and one demographic of people so there's no growth there so <laughs> i and it, it, it's very infuriating so it's like how how is growth going to happen in a a non a non multicultural church with systemic racism that it just doesn't work so do not
0: do a Fred Hammond song this weekend I, <laughs> or a John piki no <laughs> don't bring that in like here. that's
3: that's very strange to me like you won't grow that way so but i i do I love that church exists and I love that community exists, yeah. and I think it's important that that foundation is there for people to go and and engage with someone who doesn't look like them or who doesn't yeah. think like them or believe like them. That way you can have that conversation, and it's not awkward because there's an established relationship. Well, I and think it's,
1: it's easier to build culture, and we talk, we've talked about culture so much in church planning. We all have, especially with Roar. And I feel like it's easier to build culture than to change culture. At this point, culture's been built. You're talking years i know i don't know how we've talked about how deep we're going but we're talking like back back i was reading and i'm not going to share all of it. but anyways there was because i you know i'll start preaching but there was a gentleman and um anyways he had went and he was a freed slave so he was like back like 1787 i you know you fact check me but anyways he was they said this church said you can you're you are educated you're well-spoken And that's what I thought of when you said that, when you're talking about, like, people say that about you. And it's like, you can have the 5 a.m. service. Well, we can't. Dude, we can't even give people to an 8 a.m., okay? But but they gave him a 5 a.m., and it was growing so fast that they actually, the white people of the other services were like, it needs to be segregated. Even though we're not there and those chairs will be empty, we still want them in the back. Even though we're not there, we still want them in the back. And that's the day he got up. And he walked out with his church, and they started Bethel AME churches yeah, right Beth- down the road. Bethel but they're, they're all over. But I'm saying, it's like sometimes the churches that we visit and see, its not an issue, it hasn't been their choice where they ended up. They had to make a stand. But now it's time that we're trying to change culture. And when you know all black churches invite us in, we take it as an honor because we know what they've been through and what the history has been. And so, uh, you know, we talk about building a bridge and all this stuff, and it's Jesus. I know we've talked about this, but Jesus' last prayer before he went to the garden, when he was praying over him, when he prayed for us, he prayed that we would love each other and that we would keep unity so that people would believe he's real. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about success. It wasn't about my church or your church. It was about the church, the body of Christ in us and the kingdom of God, and we have failed to do so. Yeah.
0: Amos 5, 24 says, let justice flow like a stream and righteousness like a river that never goes dry. You know, one of the things that I've constantly been asking God is constantly allow my heart never come to the place that I never want to not walk in justice and not walk in righteousness. You know, because it's very easy to get a hardened heart and allow... Your your heart become calloused where you don't feel these things anymore. Feeling these afflictions that I feel because of my friends and family, what they're going through, is what drives me to constantly trying to move in passion to see the change happen. And so, um, we may not have created the problem, but what we can do is we can become the solution. And in in one or two words, how do we become the solution? there was one thing that somebody came up to you and said how do we become the change
2: That's big. Yeah. honestly I would say it's I would say if someone had to say Pierre how do I fix this I would answer them and say fight for me wow. fight for me you're sad for me but you're not fighting for Fam, me that- and that's what's happening right now. That everyone's like, "Man, I'm so sad. sorry to hear. So sad. You, it, it's, it's, well, you know, hey,
1: same people that are saying it's sad. And this is, I don't want I don't know, number statistics, but there are some people that were saddened by the video you're talking about, both videos, right? But s- still, don't d- don't agree with the protest, right? And that's kind of what I feel like you're in a way. That's
2: what it is. I' there's actually been, there's been so many more white people protesting right now. Mm than ever before it's crazy I'll go I'll, I'll drive by some protests and it'll be all white people and I'm crying watching this because I'm like I just I'm too tired to be in that protest yeah. I just I like there's some. I'm literally yeah. tired yes. I'm tired and to see them fighting for me it's like wow you know my wife you know she's white and we went through this whole conversation when this whole thing happened, and we, her and I actually got into a really big blow-up fight, you know, because it was like, I feel like you haven't been saying anything, you know, right? And we talked about that earlier of just like, you know, because what happens is for us in the church, we've, we've been around it all the time, so we think we're okay with other people of different colors, right? But it's the stuff we've never talked about. It's the thoughts. It's, I know you love the black people. I know you love the black people that you do know, but what about the black people you don't know? Right. What do you think about them? Right? Remember I said earlier, if you're driving on a highway, you see two cop cars behind a car they just pulled over and put a black man in that front seat. What do you think happened? You think about two or three things. The white man was in that, if a white man was in that seat, you think, I don't know, brother, it could be anything. He gets the privilege of full benefit of the doubt. The black man already is labeled. And what I told and what I'm telling a lot of my white people, I say, I need you to fight for me. Not for George Floyd, not for Ahmad, because they seem so far away. And because they seem so far away, it's like, I mean, Ch- Pierre, the chance of that ever happening would not happen. Why? Because I speak well. Because I'm one of the good ones, right? It's all these unspoken, socially acceptable, right? It's because I'm one the, right? Like, I've heard that say, like, the chance of that happening, you, like, you know, that's really slim. How? Why? Why? Because the moment the cop pulls me over, he doesn't know I'm a pastor. He doesn't know I'm a dad and a husband. And I have a lot of white friends and I speak well. He can't see I speak well. All he sees is this gold chain, a hoodie, because one day I forgot I had my guards down. I forgot to dress well. Seriously, that happens. There's times I'm going to Target. I just sweat in hoodie, and I see the eyes. And what would I say to people to be the change? I can't fight for me right now. Fight for me.
3: I feel like I haven't. I don't know. I really don't. I think what you said is exactly is the best way to describe it, because... I'm tired of it. Like, I'm tired of fighting so much. We, like, constant. Like, one time I got pulled over, and I was terrified. Because you never know what's going to happen. You know? Like, you never know what's going to happen. And I just, like, it's... It's overwhelming, and we've been dealing with it for our entire lives. And for 400 years, really. And we're asking, we're saying black lives matter. So what happens and what's hard is hearing people say, like, okay, well, all lives matter, all this. And it's like, all we're asking for is to matter. Like, it's funny, because you think about, like, um, when people were looking for LGBT rights, they were asking for equal rights. We're not even asking to be equal. We're asking to matter. And so it's like, we can't even matter to you guys? You know, so it's it's devastating, it's hard. So I like that a lot. Just fight for us. us. Well.
0: That's crazy, y'all. For real. Your heart is not moved by that. You you need to you need to go to a prayer service and just sit at Jesus' feet and say, "Yo, I'm jacked and I need you to refix me." I want to end with these two things, Then I want you guys to pray. The old saying is, united we stand, divided we fall. If we don't learn to lock arms, people that are different from us, we're massively going to leave a legacy to this next generation. That's gonna be way worse than the one we're in right now. Winston Churchill has a a thing that I wrote down that says, if the present tries to sit in judgment of the past, it will close the door to the future. If every time you hear this and you say, there's some, excuse my French, some BS, and you can take that as you want, belief system or whatever, that you have to have a response, well, I wasn't there, I couldn't control this, I could you know, all the stuff that ignorant people say, rather than just saying, you know what, it's crazy if your heart is not moved to want to be a change and to link arms with every person in our nation, black, white, Hispanic, doesn't matter the color of your skin, and you're not okay with it, my prayer for you tonight is that God invades your heart and overwhelms you with just that scripture that I just said from Amos 5.24. I pray that your heart is flooded with justice and it is filled with righteousness so that you can have an understanding from what they're going through, but you can also have the common sense enough to draw a line in the sand and have righteousness and walk in righteousness. Before we close tonight, Z, I want you to, Pray, and I want you to pray. And here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I want us to just lock arms, and if we've gotta, I don't know how you're gonna try to speak locking arms, but listen, everybody watching, even the ones that are here this morning, lock arms, our media team, everybody. I really feel prophetically that this right here, we've got to be the change. And the issue with it is we look at it and say, oh, but Pastor Anthony, I'm just in the back working. I don't really need to do that. That's your heart then. We are the change. It's not about how many people see that we are the change. It's are you willing to be the change when nobody else can see that you're the change? The greatest compliment that I was given this week was from Coach Barsh, which is one of the guys that had spoken at our church and he said, one thing that I constantly appreciate you, P.A., is you ain't a man about speaking words as much as you are about being the action force. And it's time for us as people to put action to the post that you're posting and the words that you're trying to say because the words mean nothing if there is no changing here and there's no action right beside it. P., pray for every person right now. Father, um- before we ask
2: for any requests or anything, we just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for already forgiving us before we even know what we're doing wrong, God. And Father, right now, we just ask for that forgiveness, Lord. We, we ask and we recognize it, Lord. We don't, we don't categorize racism as something different. It's, it's a sin. It's hate. It's, it's hate, you know. And for those of us, God, that has had our eyes covered, Lord, we just ask that right now, God, you would just open up our eyes Open up our eyes, God, to see the things that you see to be able to see people how you see them, the beauty and how you created them, Father, right now. God, we're declaring that right now, moving forward, that we already begin to see the shift and feel the shift. For those that, that have been feeling empty, God, recently in the last few weeks, God, I just pray that right now, wherever they are right now in their living room, that Holy Spirit, that you will meet them there and a fire will spark in them right now, a fire, God, that their hearts will break after the things that break your heart, Lord Father. When they see things that, that bothers you, God, it will bother them, God, yeah. and they will be the hands and feet of Jesus, Father. We will be the hands and feet of Come Jesus on. because you told us to go to all the ends of the earth. You're not just a Jesus for the Jews. You're not just a Jesus for the Gentiles. You're not just Jesus for the white people. Yeah. You're the Lord of all. Come on. You're the Lord of all, God. And, Father, right now, I pray for those that are having a hard time seeing that and believing that, God. You're, you're not... A, you, you're not in four different colors. You're not a white Jesus and a black Jesus and a brown Jesus. You're one God and you're for all of us, God. And we're praying for a unity, God. We're praying to be uh, one God. We're not just uh, just a, a, a culturally diverse church, but God, we are culturally unified church, God, we are one, we are one, we're not just all just different, but we are one, and you made us differently, God, and we believe that, and we receive that, Lord Father, we're believing that starting this day forward, God, we'll begin to make steps forward, we'll find friends that's going to hold us accountable, God, we're believing, God, that you will use us, Lord, here are our hands, here are our mouths, our, our our feet, God, our platforms, our tables, we give them to you, God, our dinners, every time we have breakfast, lunch, God, we will speak life, God, we believe that, Holy Spirit, Spirit that you can come in and you could undo the things that the enemy has done to us, God. And we're believing right now, Father God, that great things are yet to come. And right now, Satan, we rebuke you in yes. the name of Jesus. Jesus you tried Jesus, but you fell again. We already know how the story ends. And in the end, we win because the fight is already for us and we won. It's Father, God, we God. thank you, God, and we praise you in advance. God, we wait, God, to hear the testimonies of people that come out saying that tonight or today, this morning that they heard this prayer, Lord, yes. Father, and they're believing, God, that things have changed, Father, and they'll feel the change, God. We believe in you, Lord, and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: God, we want to thank you so much for allowing this conversation to happen. It's such a blessing to be able to be around people and talk about the problems and issues that are facing our society right now. We just want to thank you for allowing open ears and open hearts during this time. And God... We know when you were here, you fought for people, you fought for justice, you, you fought for the oppressed, you defended the orphans, and you fought for the rights of widows, and you fought for people who were outcasts, and you fought for mm-hmm. people, and you went out, and you, you found them. And God, we're just asking if people could be willing to follow suit. We know that you are the creator of all And we know that you can soften people's hearts and open people's ears and open people's hearts for compassion. And God, we just, we wanna be like you. We wanna fight for people and we wanna fight, we wanna fight, we wanna fight for people. And God, we just thank you so much for your love. And God, we're just asking for comfort for the people that are going through it because it's really hard for them and it's hard for us we've been fighting for a long time, and we just want you to fight. We want others to fight. You've defended us for for so long, and we just need others to be like that too. And God, just comfort the people that are going through it, because it is really hard. And we don't want them to feel like they're worthless or feel like they don't matter, because they do. And we just love you so much, God, and thank you for fighting for us for so long. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen.
0: Hey, before we... uh we're not closing. We're going to sing a song. And I, I just want you to to find your place real quick. Find that place where it's just you and Jesus. And as we get ready to sing this song, I know the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come. I, I, I feel like he's, he's going to change some mindsets. He's going to remake, reshape put you on the potter's wheel. I just feel like there's a, a reforming that's going to take place. And so... Um,
1: and we have to be open in those moments to the Holy Spirit coming in and doing that, that surgery, that work that we may not know needs to be done. And as Z leads this next song, I really want you guys to ask, God, reveal to me, reveal to me if there's anything in me that's not of you, whether it's thoughts whether it's people you need to actually go to and apologize to, whether it's pride, whether it's the conversations that you have neglected to have with your children, whatever it is, take this moment to get by yourself and have a real reflection with you and God. Yeah, let him come in, and it doesn't always have to be goosebumps. Conviction doesn't feel good sometimes, but that's okay, because we need that to get better. We love you guys.
0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us today at Roar Church Podcast. We pray that today's message absolutely blessed you. Hey, there's many ways that you can help support this ministry and give to this ministry. And one is by texting the keywords Give" to 77977. Listen, we cannot reach people without your help. And this stuff doesn't happen without the support of many. So we thank you for partnering with us and we'll see you later.